0: Another week, another Monday, another chance to be able to change your life, change your career, change the situation that you're in and just better yourself. That's what we're all about here on I Could Never Be on the Popcorn Talk Network. And today's guest certainly has an incredible experience in Hollywood, has incredible just experience in general, 20, 30 plus years in the industry and the things that he's done and the the shows and the movies that he's been a part of, but also just the lessons that he's able to share. Uh, We start out with that advice for a better life, and today that is that your reality is not necessarily your destiny. It doesn't have to be the same. A lot of times when you're in a situation and you're thinking, well, this is it. This is my my destiny. This is what I'm just destined to be in this situation forever. If you're coming off maybe a failure, you're like, I'm destined to fail. I'm destined to fail. But that is not true. Your reality and your destiny do not need to be the same things. You can make a change today. It will impact you as soon as you make that decision. And you will be on a brand new path that can be and will be your destiny. Today's guest certainly lives in an alternate reality on his current show. That is Saru on CBS's Star Trek Discovery, which just got picked up for a third season. It is currently finishing up season two right now on CBS. An incredible show. But, man, the projects that he's been in, you've known him from The Shape of Water. you know known him from Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth. Hocus pocus! So many, multiple, just movies and TV shows, and he is an even better person, and I can say that because he's a dear friend, and I, I'm just so excited to just talk with him about his career, talking about his life. Please, give a warm welcome to Doug Jones. Oh, oh,
1: is that me we're talking about? That's you. Oh, hi, hi. Oh, Doug, it's oh, exciting. It's exciting. Thank you. Thank you for that Thank lovely you. introduction. I, I can't live up to that. That, that well, will uh, you speak I knew at my that. funeral,
0: please? <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, uh, Doug, it's it's. <laughs> It's been incredible. I mean, I've known you like three years yeah, now, yeah. Uh, which is wild to think of that it's been that long, but mm. I know we've had a lot of career discussions, and especially for you, I mean, the past two, three years, uh, it's mm. it's not, I don't want to make it sound like your projects have been like incredibly better the last, you know, two, three years, because you did so many amazing projects, but I feel like mm. if from a world standpoint of like people knowing and being like, oh, Doug, and like The Shape yeah. of Water really puts you on the map for like the mainstream. Mm. For you, the last two years—I mean, what has that been like? Uh, mm. um, just everything, doing press all the time, traveling different places. I know you're traveling like every month for a, in a new place of the country in yeah. a new place of the world.
1: It's been—it's been a lot. Yeah, the last couple of years. Uh, well, um, yes, I have—I've been acting for 33 years, and in that time. Um, I've done a lot of huge projects, but I've been kind of the guy under a lot of rubber makeups, Mm -hmm. right? I've been Creature This and Alien That and Animal Man Hybrid This or That. (laughs) Uh, So that doesn't really land you on the cover of magazines very often, right? Uh, So, and I was okay with that. I was actually getting to a place where it's like, I love the anonymity. I love going to Starbucks and no one knows who I am. That's fine. That's great. And then, uh, uh, and as I'm aging, you know, I'm I'm in in my late fifties now. It's like, um... Don't I look great? By the way, thank you, <laughs> you, thank, look you. thank you, thank you for saying that. It was so unprompted, too. Uh, but but um, then but, uh, uh, I, I, I was like, I was getting, I was very comfortable with that. I did not expect for another chapter to be, to, to be starting now uh, with the success of The Shape of Water, mm-hmm. uh, which was my seventh project with uh, director Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, bless his heart for coming back around for me again and again. And then getting cast in uh, the new Star Trek series, uh, Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. uh, th- that all happened within the same year, and uh, and so the, the new series this series um, started airing in September of 2017, and the movie came out in December of 2017. So it was yeah.
0: like everything. Boosh.
1: So press, 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 and this face getting a- attached to my, and a lot of the press pieces that were done on me last year weren't just he's in the shape of water or he's in star trek it was here is he's this is what he's currently doing but here's the entire Mm -hmm. career he's had so they would drag in my entire 30-year career to every interview that i did Mm -hmm. and that's what what has generated more getting stopped in airports and Mm -hmm. malls now more than ever before which is great
0: and that's something i want to talk about you know further in this uh interview is like it it's the foundation that you laid, when at the time you might not know it's like, that's the foundation. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like you said, in the last year, when someone's coming to you and they do a piece, and it's not just on this, it's about everything that you've done and the mm-hmm. culmination.
1: Leading up to this. Yeah. Right.
0: Where right. a lot of times when you're building that foundation, it can be like, well, what am I doing? No one's yeah. seeing this. When, this is oh, not God. getting watched. No, no.
1: Oh, Dougie went through lots of downs. Uh, yeah. d- you know, dips and valleys uh, mm-hmm. over this last 33 years. We took it all.
0: can't all be good (laughs) congratulations again though i want to talk star trek uh, of getting picked up season three
1: yeah which is fantastic very 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 good news to hear so
0: you play saru which Mm -hmm. is a new character in star trek a new species new species yeah yeah and so we're now you know a season and a half in you Mm -hmm. you filmed i'm sure all of season two are you getting comfortable was that hard maybe initially to be like I don't really have anything to go off of, or was that exciting?
1: Exciting, yeah. Uh, you know, when you're going into the a a Star Trek franchise mm-hmm. series, you are going into a legacy, legacy right, with a huge yes. following and audience already. And if I was going in as a, as a, uh, an alien species that has already been been on film before and already been established, I would have a lot to live up to, and I would have to study and. And make sure I'm getting that species right, because the fans will know. The mm-hmm. Star Trek fans oh. will know if you're getting anything wrong. Yes, and God love them for that. But for me, being a Kelpian, it's like, oh, well, no one knows what a Kelpian is like. I can create this, mm-hmm. um, and so I've had the, the pleasure and joy of, uh, and, and the ease of being able to create my own uh, species with makeup artists and writers that have that have informed so much of this as well. Uh, but. So I say ease, but it's also it also comes with great responsibility. Cause mm-hmm. I want to cre- I want to help create a uh, an alien species that will have some kind of I- iconic future. Mm-hmm. You know, w- will people remember the Kelpians as a part of Star Trek lore? With mm-hmm. with with a with a uh, you know a fist to the heart you know, <laughs> um, or will it be like oh yeah that was a, that was a, that was a grand experiment that went bad yes. I don't know I, I, that's, yeah. uh, you know that's that's the pressure I have is to make it to make it memorable
0: in this uh, series discovery takes place ten years before the original the series, original series. Right. did you watch the original series and the other ones I mean did you try to learn up on Star Trek or did you already know
1: well you know I've been I've been what we would call a casual fan yes right yes. so I'm a channel flipper and mm-hmm. uh, now I did I was born in 1960. Remember, I'm an old fella. <laughs> so the original series was on, started, started in 1966. Uh, so that means I was a little boy in my living room watching the original series on, on network TV yeah. with my family. So it's been a part of my life for all of my life. So um, uh, I was familiar with every captain, every ship, every series, and the movies as well. Uh, so I didn't have to study, study too much, especially because we were, we were going into a timeline, a part of the timeline that hadn't been explored yet before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we co- we come after the series Enterprise with Scott Bakula as the captain, mm-hmm. and before the original series, about ten years before. So we're in that niche, that time that hadn't been explored mm-hmm. yet. Uh, so that's the writer's job to really make sure that we honor what happened before us, and we honor what happens after us, so mm-hmm. that it can stand. Uh, you yeah. know, if you're watching the original series, that it does We don't do anything to negate what happens later, yep. right? So that's. That's the, that's their uh, their cost to bear, and they've been doing a really good job. Because with that
0: again, too. the audience will know and call no, it out and be like, "Well, absolutely. this wouldn't work."
1: Right, right. The the, the canon uh, gatekeepers are <laughs> very, very adamant about that. So, uh, you know, again, bless them for that because that, that, that I've never been on a show that has this much ownership by the fandom. You know, yeah. they really feel that they they own the series. In fact. When we were announced in the show, and when we, now we've gone to a couple of Star Trek-specific conventions, like uh, Star Trek Las Vegas or Destination Star Trek in Birmingham, uh, England. When we're on those, uh, at those conventions, the fans will say, welcome to the family, right? <laughs> so when they're welcoming me to their family, it's that's like, okay, big. that's... I see. So it's been an established thing that I am. You know, you you have to prove yourself. You're, you're the you're the weird country cousin until you prove yourself.
0: <laughs> I want to yeah. say like you and, and everything that you uh, you know have built your career on and thriving of wearing the makeup and wearing the prosthetics like that. It totally suits you mm-hmm. to play Saru where yeah. you're going through the makeup every day and yeah. five inch heels and.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, the hoof, oh, the hoof boots. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, he's he's quite a design. He's, they, they're actually playing on the tall and skinny. Be, being as tall and skinny as I am, that's been part of my career. Mm-hmm. Creature effects make it people can build creatures on me without getting too bulky. That's been like a a, a selling point for me all these years. Um, so, but oftentimes they do build on me and, mm-hmm. and make it make me broader and more muscly and. And uh, whatever. So this time, this time has been been kind of great because uh, we're celebrating the skinny. Like we're not trying to hide the fact that I'm mm-hmm. a long, lanky, lean. And even even in my first costume fitting with my Starfleet uniform, the our costume designer Gersha Phillips, who's brilliant, was looking at me like this and going. Oh. And had some other people like, you know, they're discussing this. And I said, Are you guys talking about my ass? <laughs> Right, because I've had this discussion many times in costume fittings, and they're going, "Oh, yeah, we are." I said, "Well, and you want to pad it, right?" Yeah, we kind of (laughs) do. So I said, "Well, hear me out. Uh, If you pad me and give me a nice round human, you know, athletic-looking ass, uh, it'll it'll be a nice-looking human ass. I'm an alien. Why don't we celebrate? Let's celebrate the alien ass I walked in here with. (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
0: Because I, yeah. And they were like, oh, you know." You know that's not a bad idea. So so I got I won. I how got, much of that was actually you thinking like, hey, this would be good versus like this is how many minutes less that I have to like well,
1: deal with this? Oh, no, no, it's all part of the, It's all part of the game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's one less layer I have to wear, you know, <laughs> on my body. But uh, but no, but I, I I have always been padded somewhere, and so this this is is a first where I'm just wearing you know a spandexy uniform that celebrates my mm-hmm. form. Uh, here it is. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Here and uh, I used to be ashamed of my skinniness. You know, as as a, as a boy growing up in the Midwest, you know, if you're not muscly and athletic, then it's yeah. like, oh, you, you will be, you will be made fun of. Mm-hmm. So I was a distance runner. I did my best, but but I, I never liked my own image in the mirror. Uh, but when I had moving to Hollywood land and being like, all of a sudden you've got agents going, Oh my gosh, you're just a, this is beautiful. And the first creature effects people I had, they loved my long skinny neck, which I was made fun of relentlessly for in high school. I was called an ostrich or a giraffe all the time. Now I've got people saying, gosh, your neck is beautiful. Never did I think I would hear those words, right? So, it's taken me decades, but I'm at a place now where I can look at myself in a mirror, stark naked, and go, "Ah, well, well, (laughs) and not so bad after all, okay?
0: People love me. (laughs) Love
1: me. (laughs) No, you know, I don't. I. the, The important part was that I love me now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the, your mask, how long does that take? And I think you told me it, well, that you, there's a new mask for every every day.
1: Yeah, we, we have a new prosthetic piece every day that goes on me as Saru in, in Discovery. Now, the answer I'll give you is that that makeup takes months because there's so much craft and work goes into it before it gets to me on the set. That means um, someone is sculpting the original. There's some, they're running molds of, of that, uh, the pieces that I'll wear every day, and they're, they're painting each piece every day. They're pre-painting them. Mm-hmm. So by the time those pieces get to me and my makeup, Makeup artists on set. Uh, that that process takes about an hour and a half. They got it down to an hour and a half is
0: nothing. <laughs> it sounds There's, like a lot, but for you, no, and it's the things nothing. that you've been through. Yeah, I've
1: done through seven hour makeups before, so this is mm-hmm. this is really kind and gentle because they do so much pre work ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm very proud of of the makeup team at the. Uh, at um, uh, Alchemy Labs And uh, and my, my lead makeup artist James McKinnon is just an ace on set With that too So
0: That's incredible uh, Before we get too far, I want to shout you out on social media If you guys are following this and want to follow Doug After the show, oh. at actor Doug Jones yes, On, on all Twitter the socials. and Instagram and Twitter. You said you're on Tumblr I'm on the and Tumblr, I'm on
1: the Snapchat Snap yeah, I know. I'm all actor Doug Jones. You can find me on, on all of am I'm, I'm on the LinkedIn. You're on the LinkedIn. Yeah, and the Facebook.
0: Sure. Yeah. Sure, I mean, we, do it all. We talk, you do the Reddit sometimes. Ask me. You've done those. I've done the Reddit AMAs. Yeah, I have done. Incredible. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, sure. Sure. Uh, and then uh, we're so thankful to be here on The Popcorn Talk, which is at The Popcorn Talk on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can follow me before and after the show at the Only MC on Instagram and on in Twitter. And you might be watching live on YouTube. Ask questions if you are. But if you're watching uh, later, you can certainly watch uh, and listen along as a podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Certainly go comment, like, subscribe, tell a friend. We're all about just spreading some positivity. That's the whole yeah. point of this show. And
1: please say nice things.
0: And please say nice Especially <laughs> about Doug. You can right. say something bad about me. Yeah. But I, so that is something. I, I joked before the show. Is there anyone, do you think, in Hollywood that actually does not enjoy working with you because you are and I can say <laughs> this, you are the nicest person I know. No, and like it's not true And I know you've tried maybe. to build your career on that too though, of just being the guy who's, yes, I can do that for you. Yes, I you know
1: Well sure, sure. Um uh, well, thank you by the way for mm-hmm. all of those images that you have of me. I hope I uh, hope to live up to them one yes. day. <laughs> Give me
0: that 10 dollars afterwards that you promised. <laughs> <laughs> the 10
1: bucks I promised you. He's I cheap have, folks. He's I it have doesn't said take 20. doesn't take much. <laughs> I should, I, should I, could have, I could have doubled that easy. Uh, but, no but uh when it comes to uh this career that I that I'm in um uh, uh, the reputation that was built for me uh, uh, that I helped to build, I suppose, was that I'm uh, putting up with wearing lots of lots of layers of re- latex foam rubber and mm-hmm. silicone, um, uh, uh, doing your job that you've been hired to do to do the best of your ability and being uh, nice about it, not complaining. That's the big one. Actors have a reputation for for being divas and, mm-hmm. and like, oh, this is awful. Like, oh, this is who made this? This is cold. Get Take it back. Peanut m ms I said uh, peanut uh, butter uh, M&M's. Right, right, right. Right, whatever. So that's the reputation we come in the door with. And if you're not that... Then everybody thinks, "Oh my gosh, he's exceptionally nice," you know, <laughs> which is sad. But yeah. but thank heaven, uh, yeah, that's the reputation that that, that uh, came came with me or grew up with me. Then, mm-hmm. so part of the referral process is, uh, you know, yes, he's tall and skinny, can build on me. He's got a mime background, so he knows he knows his body from head to toe. He can perform this this character for you, and, and he's really nice. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, what the you know has followed me around, which I'm very tickled pink about. Is
0: that yeah. one of the biggest things that you look at? And you like you're grateful that from the start you had that of that attitude of like I'll go in. He's kind. He's mm-hmm. good. He's good to work with. He's easy. Mm-hmm. Like is that something that you look at your career and are like Wow, I'm glad that I never had a diva moment or yeah. never.
1: Yeah, no, I, I am glad. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but you know I I never know. But it's a daily it's a daily decision you make. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, not being a diva is a daily decision because I go through I go through pain and suffering. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when I'm in a whole cast of people, I'm the one who's in the Crazy makeup and wearing contact lenses and, and boots that that make my the balls of my feet hurt. It just goes on and on. Uh, so, uh, so if anyone had a reason to complain, I certainly would. Yeah. But uh, but I have to check that every day. And like it's it's not it's not anyone else's problem around me. It's uh you know it's uh, this is I said yes to this. Mm-hmm. I knew what was involved, and so um, so I'm gonna suck it up and and do this job that I said yes to.
0: And you mentioned yeah the the all the makeup and stuff. And you said seven and a half. Hours. So which one was seven and a half no, hours? Uh,
1: the first Hellboy movie. Uh, as Abe Sapien, the blue fish guy, I was, uh, yeah, there were 12 prosthetic pieces from head to toe wow. glued onto me with edges blended into my own skin that had been shaven and painted. So that took a long ass time. Did <laughs> they get it down for the subsequent? Well, uh, Hellboy yeah. to the Golden Army was down yeah. to five hours. They cut two hours off. Okay. So Ooh, the, big which, time. Right. So they, they uh, instead of 12 prosthetic pieces, they kind of blended some pieces together to make them less application okay. time. Yeah. And
0: what do you do during that time? Oh, gosh.
1: I get asked this all the time, and I don't really know. Here's the thing. I'm a boring person, Mikey, (laughs) so I I don't need to be doing something Mm -hmm. all the time. So if you tell me you you sit still or stand still or sit on that stool, uh, we're going to work all around you. And uh you can't uh and and if I'm got my I'm getting my hands done and webbed fingers and things like that. I can't use a phone, mm-hmm. I can't use a device. Mm-hmm. so that's actually freeing and wonderful for me. Oh, that yeah. nobody can get to me during mm-hmm. this time. I just it's like it's my own personal mm-hmm.
0: quiet time. I used to think that about flying on an airplane before you could get mad like anyone could get uh internet. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like I actually enjoyed that like two Few hours three hours mm-hmm. of you are purposely disconnected. Right. Right. in a world where you're connected on everything your phone your, your, your yeah. you know laptop yeah. everything yeah. Mm-hmm. It is actually freeing. Now, I, I mm-hmm. think I read, uh, was it Jim Carrey who said he went through like torture training for like the Grinch? Have you ever gone through that? I mean oh, no, for no, no. And I, I, it... I heard
1: this and I was like, no. I, what was
0: your thoughts? I mean, it, I don't know. I, it was, it seemed a bit extreme to me. I don't know.
1: But 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 here's the thing. Uh, claustrophobia and um, and you know, and, and, and that encasement of rubber and what it does to your psyche and your emotion. Not everybody has control over that. And mm-hmm. I understand that. And you, if you have a freak out Claustrophobic moment you can't control when it happens or how it happens. You really can't. That's that mm-hmm. comes on you. And I've been around like macho beast stuntmen who are wearing the same creature outfit I am, and they're having a meltdown. And I'm like, well, oh, but but that's it's all in here, and you can't, you know. It, I, I have no expertise in how to get them out of that. So um so I'm just I'm just I I've been very blessed that I'm not claustrophobic.
0: Yeah. Uh, so that is the claustrophobia that would be the the tough part of just just ha- having the trust that you can get out of this. I think that's
1: uh, that, that's if I'm coaching anybody or, or holding their hands and saying breathe okay they're going to take this off. At the end of the day it comes off. I've been through 30 yeah. years of this it will come off. I promise you. You know that's that's the is best it heavy? thing. It depends on the on the creature you're, you're playing. There's a lot of heavy. There's a lot of uh, hot. Uh, there's a lot of sticky. There's a, you know it's all the things that it looks like. You mm-hmm. know the, the bigger the creature, the more like lumbering yeah. it is. The hotter and heavier it's going to be. Yeah.
0: Can yeah. you train for that, or have you trained? Oh no, yeah, depend- for that.
1: Every job you, I get, uh, I look at the script, I look at the design of the character, and I look at uh, what it has to do: crawl up a wall, mm-hmm. jump, lunge, whatever. And then it's like mm, I gotta have to get in very specific shape for that performance uh, pan's labyrinth is a great example I was a fawn uh, mm-hmm. up in on on the stilt feet so I had these it was kind of like uh, I was I was part tree part goat part man so so my leg <laughs> my legs and feet were sort of like tree branch roots you know, you know tree roots and so uh, I'm clumping around on very big footwear and I knew and I had to crouch a lot because I was working with a a, a, a an eleven year old girl who wasn't quite five feet yet mm-hmm. and i'm I was seven feet tall as the as the fawn so that means a lot of bending of the knees and crouching down and going, mm-hmm. hello, hola, you know, princesa. <laughs> so, uh, so when you're doing that, um, you know, I, I knew that I had to get that position in in strong shape. So exercises that were specific for that, yes. Uh, overall uh, shape of water, another great example. I was a fish man who had to actually wear that costume from head to toe, that glued on makeup and rubber suit. In water, I had to swim. I had to hang from harnesses with wires. I had to uh, dance in a, mm-hmm. in a in a fantasy sequence. There's a lot of physicality in that one, so I had to be in the best shape of my adult life for The Shape of Water. Yeah.
0: And you know, you are talking about The Shape of Water You all know, your projects with Guillermo. Is there like, a, do you feel how close are you best friends with Guillermo? Would you consider? <laughs> I mean, like, well, when, whenever there's a project, you're like, you you maybe like start working on not start working on them together, but you mm-hmm. looking to be like what what 's next like you you 're thinking to yourself right. what could be next.
1: Well, I, I, we I, the talk you and I are having right now mm-hmm. is more than Gary and I have ever talked in one sitting ever. Honestly, okay, okay. So, so that uh, it will tell you that socially, uh, um, we love each other dearly, mm-hmm. but but we don't hang out. Uh, mm-hmm. But when we work together, very well. Mm-hmm. So, so we are we are great professional friends. Yes.
0: What is there about that professional that, that you guys get along so well? Is there a personality trait that you get I, along so well? I, I, I
1: uh, we 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 understand each other. We have a shorthand. I think um, cool. the director actor ratio is just it clicks and it's just right um, we get each other uh, you know we both have a, have a love and, and adoration for monsters and mm-hmm. creepy crawly things and um, and he has a, he has a love of, of, of actors and he, he has a love of people when he meets you when Guillermo meets you he'll size up he'll he'll understand everything about you within minutes yeah, your your mannerisms the look in your eye the tone of your voice he he assesses all of it he takes he's a sponge he takes in the art that way too he there's not one piece of art in the world he hasn't seen observed Appreciated Whether it's a painting, a sculpture, a piece of music, a movie, a TV show, he's seen and absorbed it all. Mm-hmm. So he, his library in his head is so extensive that when he's creating a script, uh, he has so much reference to pull from, mm-hmm. right? So I appreciate and adore that about him. He's also, though, th- that genius is also a regular good guy who's not <laughs> egotistical and he's kick-ass sense of humor. He, yeah. He's the funniest man I've ever met, right? <laughs> so... Uh, with all that, uh, that's why I love being around him. Yeah. I have no idea why he likes being around me. He, uh, well, <laughs> now, he, now, he said, he's told people before that Doug Jones, he's so nice. In fact, he, he, he's too nice. <laughs> he's the kind of nice that has dead bodies under his porch. <laughs> That's what he said. So he's accused me of being a serial killer. I, I don't know. I don't
0: know. No. Well, you know, you keep your friends close and your enemies close, so I guess if that's what he, he's not next. Uh, sure, sure. Where did that niceness come from for you? You grew up in Indiana. Is, I that, did. is that an Indiana thing? Have you always? Been? I'm
1: going to attribute the Midwest for a lot of that. Sure, sure. Okay. If if you think I'm nice, then I, I'll I'll say it came from the the Midwest in general. Yeah. Um, Good, good strong family values back there, Um, you know, uh, good Christian household I grew up in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mom and dad were just, you know, very, very stand up people of integrity that I I look up to. Uh, They're both gone now. Mm Uh, but I, I, they live, they live, they live in my heart, and I want, mm. I want to, uh, to to live a life that, that would make them proud.
0: Was acting a hobby growing up in Indiana? Was mm,
1: yeah, well, mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was in any, any in high school, I was in anything that was on stage, uh, whether it was a pep rally skit or a fall play or the spring variety show, whatever it was. Right, mm. uh, I was on the stage. I was kind of known as drama club guy Doug, you know, the tall, lanky, <laughs> goofy guy that does all the funny parts you with know? the giraffe neck, with the giraffe neck, right. <clears throat> Going from uh, from Bishop Chatard High School in Indianapolis to um, Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana, I was a, um, a, a radio and TV broadcasting major and a theater minor. So, uh, but so not only did my coursework take me there uh, artistically as well, but also all my extra. I, I was in plays and I did. I joined the mime troupe in college, and this is where I took a left turn and, di- and went a, t- a direction I didn't know was coming. When you join a mime troupe, you you now are telling stories without using verbal dialogue and you're using all this visual artistry and uh and uh, and it, it and it, it kind of woke my body up to the communication is from head to toe. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you talk to someone, when you communicate with someone, your words are about half of it, and the other half is yeah. the whole visual presentation you're giving. Yeah, I always right? thought it
0: was it was like what it was like, what, it? Was a, I thought I, heard, I always heard like seventy. It 30, might even be more. Like seventy exactly. percent is nonverbal. Nonverbal,
1: I, and I would probably agree yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because the, the, you know the tone you give you give your words is completely different. Uh, you can change the meaning of it. You know, so. Um, uh, that so the mime thing background was really really crucial and I had no idea what it was preparing me for mm-hmm. you know the future I was about to have and, and I also was uh, I, I auditioned for and became the Charlie Cardinal at Ball State University I was the mascot for the basketball team yes <laughs> uh, so that was my first costumed character was a big giant bird. Uh, on a basketball floor.
0: Which is crazy, too, because I'm sure a lot of people who are, are watching this and listening know you, but, like, you are already a, a, a tall guy. Like you said, you're 6'3". Six, three, six, three yeah. So anytime you're in an outfit or attire, like we're talking about uh, Star Trek, adding five inches. I mean, you're 6'8", six, 6'9", six, then.
1: Right, yeah, I'm 6'8". Anytime like...
0: you're in costume, you're big. So, yeah, like, the Cardinal yeah. thing, I'm sure, was the, exactly yeah. the same way.
1: Yeah, he was a tall, skinny. My, my, my bird legs were perfect for that. I wore <laughs> yellow tights. It, was, it, was, it looked mm. fitting. May I say that?
0: Mm, absolutely. <laughs> when uh, when did you move to L.A.? Uh, March of
1: 1985.
0: Was so, that always like when you were in college of like, I want to move to L.A. to do acting?
1: Before college. When I was before watching college. TV and movies when I was a kid, I was like, oh, one day I'm going to get out to Hollywood and I'm going to be a movie star. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I, I had dreamed, I would, every time I saw the sunset from Indiana, I would go, oh, it's setting in the West. California's there. Oh, wow. I did. Yeah. I, I was quite a big dreamer back then. Yeah.
0: What, uh, what was it like when you first moved to Hollywood? Was it everything that you, that you thought of the grandiose of LA? No. The... Uh,
1: well, no, because the, the excuse of moving out here was I, I, uh, just gotten to married to Mrs. Laurie, mm-hmm. uh, And by the way, we are about, a month, no, less than a month away from celebrating our 35th wedding wow, anniversary. Wow, congratulations. Crazy, Crazy right? I congratulations. Uh, but we were married less than a year when we were making that drive across the country with, mm-hmm. you know, a, a broom and a painting in the back of our of our <laughs> Thunderbird. Yeah. We're driving across the country and uh, we ended up here for me to take a job as at a bank as a management training uh, operations officer kind of a thing. So it was a nine-month training program At the end of which I would have held a wad of keys and supervised a line of tellers and been responsible for the vault. That would—that's operations. well, no. that's that's
0: exactly <laughs> yes. Not to hate on anyone who this is your job no. and you love it. That's but That it. is definitely not Doug. Well,
1: right. Well, if you are an artist, if you have an artistic brain and and mm-hmm. soul, uh, uh, that kind of a job is a slow way to die. Yeah. So, but there are people who are built for that, and 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 God bless them. We need mm-hmm. them. You know, mm-hmm. there's people. Everyone has their gifts, and those were not my gifts. So uh, it was square peg round whole time for me.
0: Yeah. Why did you do? I mean, nine months then. Why did you did you actually know? know that you were going to commit to nine months? Did but, they know that you were going to commit to nine months? The training
1: program was nine months, and after which you then go into a branch as a supervisor okay. uh, over tellers. Well, uh, so, yeah, no, I knew all that going in. Uh, and I, I just was like, you know, well, this at least gets me to California, and maybe mm-hmm. one day later, you know, years later, I can roll out of the bank and, and hang up my banking clothes and be like an actor then because I'll be in the right place geographically. Um, and then, uh, but the bank decided for me, 8 months into my 9 month training program they fired my skinny ass okay and they what? should they should have fired me mikey cuz i uh, sucked as a as a banker <laughs> so i couldn't keep you now i couldn't keep track of there was so much paper and th- numbers you had to keep track of and loss prevention you know stuff <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just i didn't care that much yeah so i wasn't le- I wasn't learning as fast as you. were as stealing the money I wasn't stealing was no the- I was not stealing <laughs> but 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 the fact that I didn't care much was a um, i was i was a loss uh, hazard. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was a bit of a hazard, uh, um, a bit of a liability in the branch system. So they they got rid of me and they should have. They did me a huge favor because now that I, I, I got fired, I was on unemployment for six months. And that's when Mrs. Laurie and I sat down and thought, OK, the reason we wanted to come to California in the first place was Hollywood land. Right. Mm-hmm. And let's now's the time. OK, so I started investigating what what do I do now? So I took a TV commercial workshop and. Uh, And the instructor of that TV commercial workshop happened to be an agent. I did not know Mm. this going in. I I audited his class and liked it and went back to pay for my second class, And at which he said, do you have an agent yet? And I said, no, I don't know what an agent really is, and I'm not ready for that yet. I don't even have headshots Mm -hmm. taken yet, you know. (laughs) He said, well, here's, here's my card. Mm, call me at the office. Well, he was the vice president of the Wilhelmina Agency's West Coast office. And Wilhelmina, a big you modeling did, yeah. name in New York, and they had a huge commercial department, TV commercial department here in L.A. They were in the top ten in the city. So to hear this is like – so I just fell into his lap, and and thank heaven. Uh, so I went. I did call him at the office. I mm-hmm. went in and met the other agents. We all fell in love with each other, and I started going out on auditions within wow. months. Yeah. So
0: that I feel like in that six months, uh, you're talking you're on unemployment, and it's like obviously you're not having much income come in. And you said, mm-hmm. oh, I went to this workshop, and then I did another workshop, and I feel like I look around and, you know, people. It, it's hard. I imagine because. Mm-hmm. Workshops cost money. They
1: cost money, right. And this you, was a cheap one, thank heaven. It was, it was uh, $25 a night, and I only did it once a week. So it was $100 a month. That, how did that was you livable.
0: determine like what was doable and yeah. like, what was worth the investment?
1: I, that's tough. to. I don't know. Uh, well, we didn't go. Mrs. Oy and I have never lived in debt. If we, we have credit cards, we pay them off every mm-hmm. month. So that means we don't charge more than we can afford to pay mm-hmm. off that month. Um, I, I, I strongly believe in um, uh, if you live. Beneath your means, then you will always have means, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I coined that phrase myself. Okay, <laughs> so we have always lived beneath our means, and uh, because of that, so and even back then when we weren't making much, we were not spending much. That's mm. the that's the the secret, yeah, right. So, um, so we 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 budgeted for that class, yeah, you know, wow. you know, on purpose. And we so it was times for lean. Yeah, we were eating a lot of ramen. You know, oh, okay. absolutely. Okay.
0: Well, that's yeah. And I see that again so much just in LA. It's like people who are you know already living paycheck to paycheck, and then to be able to get ahead, you have to take a class to be able to meet people, or you mm-hmm. have to go out. And I think that's always the biggest yeah. struggle. Right. Right. You said you started getting auditions. How far in? I know what one of your your first big break was the McDonald's commercials. Do we have pictures? Oh, you which, do. Oh. Of of course, huh. we have pictures. From I
1: guess so. You the
0: the Mick <laughs> Moonhead. Uh, yeah.
1: That, that was actually my fourth commercial booking that I got, and that was all within months. Uh, so June of 1986 was when I booked my first commercial as a dancing mm-hmm. mummy for Southwest Airlines. Then I, did, then I, then, then I was SAG eligible. I was, I was eligible to join the Actors Union, which is now SAG-AFTRA. So uh, that was – and so now that I was eligible for the union, my audition rate went up because more casting directors were willing to see me. Mm -hmm. So um, I booked another uh, commercial for Bob's Big Boy restaurant as a nerdy guy with funny glasses. Then I booked an an Alien from Outer Space for a doll commercial for a toy company. And then my fourth booking was for the Mac Tonight campaign for McDonald's. Crescent Moonhead with sunglasses Mm -hmm. on that sang at a piano. Wildly popular commercial campaign. Yeah. Started here as a regional spot in California, went nationwide, and then went worldwide, all from December of 1986 until the summer of 1987. Uh, And then it it continued airing. So it was on for three years. Mm -hmm. So we did 27 commercials within a three-year period, bought my first house, and I was hooked on the acting thing. Because
0: I think for a lot of people, they look at, oh, it's just a commercial versus just a a tv or movie. But commercials are big in acting.
1: Well, it's yeah. And I know that the whole – we're in a new world now where the the TV commercial business is different than it used to be. Um, There's more non-union being done mm -hmm. now than there are Mm -hmm. – than than union. Uh, That's been a shift. Um, and and where those commercials play is also because when I was started, they were on TV, mm-hmm. network broadcast TV, and yep. syndicated TV, and and local channel TV. But Wild Spot purchases. Now you've got the internet. You've got this the um, You've got ads on on streaming services like my show, uh, Star Trek Discovery, is on CBS All Access. You can buy it with or without commercials. Mm -hmm. There's a gazillion platforms where these all play now. Apple
0: just launched another one today. There you go. Apple had their Apple News.
1: There you go. Okay. And so, uh, and YouTube has ads playing on them before and after videos, whatever during videos. Uh, so it's uh, it's a different world now. And, and so the pay structure is it's like the, the, the advertising money is being spread out mm-hmm. in, in across. So it's you can't get rich off of one commercial anymore. Yeah. I don't think. But
0: talk about the ups and downs of being an actor, because a lot of people think, oh, once you made it, you made it, and mm-hmm. you're automatically on that tier, and. That mm-hmm. is not the way it is. I mean, you have to
1: keep making it every day. Yeah, okay? <laughs> every every next gig you get, you got to make it again. Yeah, you can never never coast, never mm-hmm. never relax into it. Uh, you know, people have asked me like, "How did you know when you had made it?" And I, was, I don't think I have yet, because <laughs> uh, when when I if I if I ever let myself think that I have made it, that sounds like a plateau. That's a place you land, and I uh, and I'm still I'm still running. You know, I'm still running up mm-hmm. this hill. I don't want to like plateau yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know maybe now again i'm my next birthday i'll be 59 <laughs> so maybe i will plateau soon i don't know i'll know when i get there you but know? that
0: is that's an attitude thing that's,
1: that's not a, yeah, yeah
0: that's not a placement thing that that's an attitude thing of just yeah. yeah never you're never settling and never coasting right
1: and every every role that i get cast in i want to make it fresh and new and i want to mm-hmm. make him different than other characters i played before and i want to you know um I want to. I want to keep learning and growing and and, and improving if I can. Mm-hmm. I want to be the best actor. I want to outdo the last job I did if mm-hmm. I can. Yeah. How
0: many multiple stretches of no work? No, uh, oh, over you? the year,
1: over thirty years. I, there's been a lot of them. Yeah, where you you know, three months will go by and I'm like, oh, okay, this is getting. <laughs> so, um, you know, I've I've gone to the, the the want ads and looking for the classifieds, looking for uh, okay, what job could I do if I wasn't an
0: actor? Hmm.
1: You know, and um, anything, so
0: anything stand out?
1: Oh, gosh. No. Nah, mm. You uh, saw that bank again and you uh, just whoop. no, no, the bank job. No. Uh, but I, I will tell you this. If I was not an actor, I would have gone maybe into the medical field, maybe, you know, nursing, mm-hmm. uh, because nurses are more hand, hands on. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I do love the uh, the healing arts. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah,
0: I could see you as like you're so good with people, and you're you're such a people person. So I could definitely see that oh, uh, bless people you, person, and you. with like kids, I'm just you're, you're just you're a, a, a ray of sunshine, oh, Doug. And so see the love right the, there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for real though. Um, yeah. How did you first meet, first meet Guillermo?
1: Guillermo Latorre. Uh, it was. Uh, because of, of the, the creature effects makeup world um, because once you get established in there as an mm-hmm. actor who who again that reputation he wears a lot of crud on his face and body he moves well in it and he does not complain while doing so so that rep- reputation got me uh, known throughout the creature effects world well in 1997 the movie Mimic was being made and uh, the creature effects house that did the, the, the giant bug guys in that the insect guys in that uh, Rick Lazzarini's shop, they... We're doing reshoots for the movie after it was filmed in Canada. They're doing reshoots in L.A. Who do we know that's tall and skinny? Because the tall, skinny Canadian guy, we can't, can't, he'll have to fly here. We'll have to get him a hotel, <laughs> work visa. Who do we know that's cheaper here in town? Oh, hey, let's go get out the tall, skinny Rolodex. <laughs> and Doug Jones comes up, right? So that's the call I got one afternoon. Um, and, uh, uh, hey, Doug, I uh, got your name from so-and-so. And are you free to do a night shoot tonight? So that was uh, I'm, I'm out of work actor. Yes, I'm free. So <laughs>
0: let me check uh, and Yes. yes.
1: So, <laughs> so so I, so I went down. So cut to that night at 11 p.m. I'm on the top of a three-story brick building with a rain machine hitting me in a bug uh, costume face thing with a, a, a trench coat that was sort of like uh, made out of wings. So it was a it was a man looking insect. that hence the name mimic. Hmm. So. Uh, and that was being directed by uh, director Guillermo del Toro. It was his first American uh, movie. He had been established in Mexico before this, mm-hmm. and this is his first American uh, uh, film. And it was a big-budget Hollywood film uh, with – I think it was um, at the 20th Century Fox, I think. And um, so uh, so in, I ended, they ended up liking what I did that night, and had me back for two more days of these reshoots, pickups. It was only three weeks before the movie opened in theaters, so they wow. had to rush this quickly. Uh, so my second day working with him was on a green screen indoors. And uh, lunchtime comes and he sits across the lunch table from me, puts his tray down and says, and his chin goes into his hand and goes, so tell me everything you've been in before. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, oh uh, blah, blah. You know, So I'm listing off my resume at that time. And, you know, I've done, I had done uh, – this is not 1987. So I had done um, Tank Girl and Hocus Pocus and uh, uh, Batman Returns and – you know, and some various TV guesting and whatnot, the X-Files, I think, and then Alien on that. So he's like, oh, and he knew every makeup artist I'd worked with, you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, did Tony Gardner do that? Is he, is he a nice guy? <laughs> so, you know, before, so we're, we're kind of like getting, we're two 12-year-old boys going, ooh, monsters are cool. <laughs> So when you're having that kind of a talk, it's like you remember each other. Yeah. yeah. So he said, do you have a card? So uh, before I we, lunch ended, I gave him my little business card, which was uh, had my phone number on it and a goofy drawing I did of myself. And uh, he kept it in his wallet. And then five years later, uh, he was prepping for Hellboy, one, Hellboy the first Hellboy wow. movie. And I got another phone call from the Creature Effects house saying, uh, I'm sitting here at dinner with a, 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 a director who says he knows you, and... Um, So uh, we have a creature that we'd love for you to come in and look at tomorrow. Are you free tomorrow? Yes, I am. So that was Abe Sapien from the first Hellboy movie, and that's why I reunited with Guillermo. Is
0: that – do you ever think back of the – you know, people call it circumstances, mm-hmm. but do you view that as a, or as, you know, not circumstances, but luck, luck. Do you view that as luck or do you view that as mm-hmm. like, eh, this was, this was in the car. This was. Yeah.
1: Well, up. it's like what they say, luck is, is when uh, opportunity meets preparation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, believe in both of those things. Um, opportunities will come. Are you prepared for them? That's the question. Yeah. And some people look at that as, oh, you're so lucky. Well, no, you're probably prepared. And yeah. That's a, that's <laughs> a good mm-hmm. thing. And you, and you made wise use of the opportunities that you were, you were
0: given. Do you remember for that before? When you got that call, were you working on other things at the time? Were you or were you in yeah, a period? No, I,
1: of- I, I uh, you know uh, right then, gosh, I'm trying to think that this uh, that that call came in 2002, uh, and I yeah, I had just guest starred on an episode of CSI, mm-hmm. and but, so I, I didn't have any long running jobs then. I, I but I was doing you know uh, two days here, a day there, you know, a week here on that on something uh, consistently. Uh, but when you get a call that here's a movie that we'll be shooting for three months in Prague... Um, then it's like, I will clear the schedule then. Yes. Let's do that instead, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, oh,
0: that's that's amazing. Uh, yeah. I do want to ask, I know you just said in The Hollywood Reporter that obviously the the new Hellboy is coming out and you were offered a role and it didn't work out with your schedule. I know you're incredibly busy.
1: Uh,
0: uh, are you excited? Are you going to watch it when it comes out? Are you excited? Do you, is it interesting for you to see, do you be able to see your character? Yeah,
1: yeah. Not? Well, my character, uh, Abe Sapien, is not, I. you know, I, and I can't really call him my yes. character. I don't own mm-hmm. it. But. Uh, he will not be showing up, I'm okay. told, in this first uh, Hellboy reboot, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is fine for now. I don't have to watch someone yeah. else do the role for now, and that's that's e- a way to ease into it. Uh, but yeah, but the Hollywood Reporter article I think was written with a bit of a slant to it that oh. I that I um, I. Um, uh, I think the, the the headline says Doug Jones says no thanks to the new Hellboy right, and that sounded uh, evil. That, sound, that sounded me like me going, "Yeah, no thanks,
0: uh, don't need that, I don't want your stupid movie." Yeah. No,
1: not even close. I'm still very good friends no. with Mike Mignola, the creator mm-hmm. of uh, the Hellboy franchise. I do Hellboy comic books, mm-hmm. and he was very involved with this new movie. So mm-hmm. I was offered a cameo in the in the movie, yes, not to play Abe Sapien. It was another another uh, character creature mm-hmm. thing. And um, I couldn't do it because of my uh, my had... uh, uh, Star Trek schedule, and yeah. I, I had also injured my shoulder, which I didn't yeah. really talk about out loud that much. No. And it was a very physical role that I would not mm-hmm. be I would not be healed enough to do it by yeah. the time that rolled up. So so between Star Trek and my shoulder, it was just I mm-hmm. couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, so but yeah, but then the articles were written with a slant of like, oh, he's probably just Jeez. being nice because uh, he's you know he's so loyal to Guillermo del Toro, and they're not making a Hellboy three. Instead, they're doing this, and so. Yeah. He's, so it was that narrative was put into it. And I did not mm-hmm. ever see no, any of that. No. Are you I, going to watch the new one? Absolutely, I'm going to go see it. and I wish them well. I, you know, reboots are, are a reality of Hollywoodland, mm-hmm. right? They're, absolutely, it, of course, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So uh, it was inevitable that this would happen, and mm-hmm. at some point, with something I was in. So um, no, I'll, I'll absolutely watch the mm-hmm. new one, and, and I and I do. Like, like I said, I still have friends involved with it. So mm-hmm. I wish them well, absolutely.
0: Uh, going to the chat, because you know, a lot of people in the uh, chat asking questions, uh, Scott says, would you like to do more non-costume work? I, mean, I feel mm-hmm. like we've covered a lot of costume
1: work, yeah, yeah, yeah. your
0: non-costume work.
1: Thank you, Scott, for asking that, by the way. I uh, um, Yes, the answer is a big fat yes. Um, I have done lots of human roles over the years. I have. Mm. and. Um, uh, in fact, one of my favorite my favorite human I've ever played is a, a guy named Jerry in the movie My Name Is Jerry, and you can find that on YouTube if you just do a search for My Name Is Jerry uh-huh. on YouTube. Uh, it's in its entirety for free there. Uh, nice little indie film about a middle aged white guy going through a midlife crisis, which I am and I have done. So, um, uh, but then, um, uh, but here here can I tell you my secret, my like, secret love and desire? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, whenever I hang up the rubber bits for good, which you know I might, I might, I might semi-retire mm-hmm. that way. Uh, I would love to do Hallmark Channel movies, mm. specifically Christmas ones, but they, <laughs> but they do they do other seasons as well, lots of them. Yeah, I love
0: I love the Hallmark Channel. You got some socks, right? Hallmark socks for Christmas. Didn't you say it's like I watch something? No, yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was a, it was a T-shirt. Uh, that's a T-shirt. That that's right. My
1: Hallmark Christmas watching T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So it was said so on the. It was very precious. Yeah. Um, I uh, uh, well, you know, because I love watching them, and I'm mean, I mean, getting into that age bracket now where I can play the father mm. of a grown woman mm-hmm. who's going through a relationship issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she really should. She's a big city girl who really should come home to our small town and have her life back. Mm-hmm. And I, I give her that advice while I'm holding a cup of cocoa and wearing a Christmas sweater. That's what I want to do. Oh. I, yeah, so answer, Scott, yes, I want more of that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and what the, the I didn't even know this the other day because I'm constantly, you know, you, you see people and you're like, wait, they were in this and the movie yeah. Hook. Yeah. Which was a non-costume... Well, it was a costume... I had, well, I had a, a beard role. and
1: a long, blonde, curly yes. wig as a as an eye patch vendor in <laughs> Pirate Town, yes. It was just wild. It, which, yeah, it was a little, little non-speaking cameo thing. I had my legs behind my head in one little part of the scene, so they're, they're, I, they I, they used my contortionist skills for that one, yeah. Is
0: there... You're talking about, you know, when you, get to, when you hang up the boots uh, in our final <laughs> minutes here, is there... Uh, a time where you're looking at hanging up, to, you want to be able to. I I want to only do it for five or ten more years, and then be able to relax and enjoy with Miss Lori and travel. Or
1: yeah, you know, yeah. I, I uh, uh, because you know when, when I'm in the middle of a long running uh, job with with under heavy rubber makeups and contact mm-hmm. lenses and and uncomfortable footwear and things, uh, it does make you think like how much longer does any do, does one want to do this or should one mm-hmm. do this. Um so I don't know. I don't I don't know. I, as long as I as my body holds up and my emotional self and, and mental state holds up, um then I'm in. But uh yeah, but, but I think transitioning into more human roles, uh uh it, it, it is it is kinder and gentler on your on mm-hmm. your body and your psyche, uh on during the work day. Yeah.
0: You don't get to really sip hot cocoa when you're dressed as a I don't, fish. Unless there's a straw a...
1: involved and they cool it down enough so I don't burn my uh <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm uh,
0: before I get to the final question, two more questions from the chat yes uh, one 's a comment that says you are terrific I really like your dance moves as the yeti in monkey bone
1: how like okay that. now that 's an obscure reference, and thank you for that yes, I my dance move well yeah, was well, I was a, I was a, a, a white uh, yeti with a blue face and a long nose in Monkey bone with Brendan Fraser mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of critters. He, he fell into a coma in that movie and went into this whole fantasy land. And uh, yeah, the dancing because uh, uh, I was in a, a I was in a ticket booth for a, a nightmare theater in that coma town, and then there was a party scene where I was dancing, and so that's a really you had to keep your eyes open cl- for. Whoever you are, we must have history. Thank you, yeah. Herb. Thank you, Herb. Herb.
0: Okay. Literally, that's his name. Thank you, Herb. I not going to Herb. say thank you. Oh, yeah. Herb. no, but thank you. But Herb. I imagine <laughs> his name might be. Herb. And then the final question before we get to our last one is: Are people disarmed by your niceness? Considering the roles that you play are very obviously, you're playing these big creatures and aliens, oh, right. and like, yeah. When well, people meet you? Are they well, disarmed by that?
1: I do. Uh, travel the convention circuit when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm between projects or or uh, or have some downtime right now between seasons of Star Trek Discovery. I'm doing more convention appearances. Mm-hmm.
0: You were just in Europe.
1: I was just in uh, in uh, Dublin, Ireland for yep. Comic Con. I was down in Sao Paulo, Brazil for one. There, I'm going to be in Italy for a, a, a com this in May, and right in this next week, I'm going to be up in uh, in Longview, Washington mm. at. Uh, uh, at Nanocon, if you want to look that one up on the webernet, but uh, but that's when I get to have face to face interaction with, mm-hmm. with with fans and with people who've been following my career. And if they're fans of the darker stuff I've been in, if they're a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and they, they know me as the gentleman, or they're a fan of Pan's Labyrinth and they know me as the Fawn and the Pale Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of their nightmares. And then I'm, and I'm cupping their face going, come <laughs> here, you boogie boogie boo. Hog, hog, we're going to hug. Yes. I think it's very disarming and very like, well, I, I didn't expect what? that. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's, but it's, I think, I think it's a nice surprise. At least I've been mm-hmm. told it's a nice surprise. Mm-hmm.
0: So, and speaking of your niceness, the final question that I always love to ask people is in, Fifty years and seventy five years when people look back on your life. I'll be dead, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When people look back on your life and your career and the projects and they're mm-hmm. like, Oh man, this was played by Doug Jones or Doug mm-hmm. Jones and they're like, mm-hmm. Who was Doug? And someone says, Doug Jones was blank. What do you want them to say?
1: Oh, that's a oh, that's great. I have no idea. Um Doug Jones was mm, honest. I hope. Mm-hmm. In in my performance in my life mm-hmm. maybe authentic authentic there you go
0: mm-hmm.
1: authentic sure that's funny because because I, uh, I revere characters and, and actors like Boris Karloff and Lon Chaney and mm-hmm. they've been gone for quite some time now. So I can only I can only hope that I'm talked about like they are, you know, uh, decades from now.
0: Well, mm. well, you will be. And I know that you, you don't think that, but, like, just before the show when we here at uh, Popcorn Talk and After Buzz and you were walking in and people were like, oh, my goodness, I love you for this. You're so talented. And it, that's mm. how a lot of people feel. Oh, and well, you have – I will commend you because you have made people feel that way oh. because of your niceness and your comfort and the roles that you have played and just mm. your interactions with people. And that's why I asked the question. I don't think there's a negative thing that someone has said because you haven't provided them the opportunity to say something negative. Oh, I so that's, that's, that's I want to commend you on that. I want to congratulate you again on season three of Star Trek which there's still several more episodes in this season. So if you're not watching it, right. go watch. CBS All Access. CBS All Access. Epis- you know, the good thing there, you can catch up on like, all the past episodes. You can you just can binge, catch up. In you fact, can... if you
1: go to CBS All Access, uh, uh, cbs.com slash All Access, mm-hmm. uh, you, can, you can subscribe there and uh, you can do a trial subscription for free for I think seven days at least. And so binge some things while you're binge. there. And you can also. So they also have acquired all of the Star Trek series from the beginning. Oh, nice. So all of the, the entire Star Trek uh, library is at CVS All Access
0: right oh, now. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And again, if you want to follow Doug after the show, you can certainly do that. At actor Doug Jones on all platforms. Tinder. Tinder. Twitter. Tinder. Twitter. I was thinking about making a joke. <laughs> I'm not, I was I, thinking about making a joke <laughs> of, like, where you various things you could find it, and that was... Just one of the things going on in my mind. Instead of looking at Twitter, Twitter, I said the other T ending in E R. So on Twitter, on Instagram, like you said, he's on the LinkedIn and the 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 Tumblr and the 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 Facebook and everywhere. Snapchat. Okay. And we are still thankful to be here on the Popcorn Talk Network, at the Popcorn Talk on Instagram and on Twitter. They cover so many other shows. Go check them out. And you can follow me before and after the show at the Only MC on Instagram and on Twitter. We're live here every single Monday talking with the people that you see on the big screen, see people that you listen to their music, or you hear about them, and you're like, how did they get there? And now we know how Doug Jones became Doug Jones. And certainly, there's a lot more. A lot more in the works. A lot more in the works for this show or in Season 5. Till next time, we'll see you later. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions
1: or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a
0: presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.